بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحمد رسول کریم اما بات الحمد للہ is the 24th of January in the year 2024 and inshallah to spend a few sessions i.e. discussing the important subject of one's connection to the Almighty and Glorious Subhanahu wa ta'ala So first Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib rahmatullahi he said The servants never honor themselves with anything better than acts of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And conversely, they never humiliate themselves with anything worse than disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, it is enough a victory for a believer to see his enemy disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. This is recorded by Hafiz ibn al-Jawzi rahmatullahi in his Sifat al-Safwa 2-81. So here, the most learned of the Thabi'een, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib rahmatullahi, he explained three different camps. He goes, those who obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he goes, that is the greatest way to honor yourself. <laughs> And the quickest way to humiliate yourself is to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then he linked it to the unbelievers. It is a victory for a believer <coughs> to see his enemy disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you look at the campaigns, for instance, during the time of the companions, radiyallahu ta'ala, the enemy sent spies into their camps. And the reports that the enemy spies brought back to their commanders was basically one of servitude i.e. they're truthful they don't lie the weak don't oppress etc etc they worship during the night their warriors during the day and the enemy chiefs who were Christians they themselves testified were doomed so this is something even the Christians were aware of <laughs> meaning whoever obeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah will assist them. And because the Christians were people of scripture, they testified to them. And of course, ultimately, they were doomed. The believers won. So, the problem now is that, obviously, the Muslims are being downtrodden, i.e. being humiliated. But the key reason for that is our own sins. There's other things you could mention. But that should be on top of the list. Your disobedience is your humiliation. This is why Abu Dardar said, the greatest victory is obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What compounds the destructive nature of sin is what the noble Tabata bi'in, Sufyan ibn Uyayna said, Rahmatullah So he recited a verse. In Surah Al-Qalam, Surah 68, verse 44, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, سَنَسْتَرِّجُهُمْ مِنْ حِيثُ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ We shall punish them gradually from where they did not even imagine. He explained, 
every time they commit a new sin, I subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant them a new blessing. I so they become more aggressive in their evil until they deserve very severe punishment. Astaghfirullah. This is recorded by Ibn Abidunya in his work Ash-Shukr, page 41. So here one of the Salaf, he explained the verse. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? We will punish them gradually, from where they didn't even imagine. Look how interesting the verse. Allah Ta'ala is saying, I will slowly punish them. They won't even know it's happening. Like you creep up on somebody. The punishment is creeping up upon you. He explained how this happens. He goes, it is as if Allah the Almighty is saying, every time you commit a new sin, I will give you a new blessing. So again, the head starts being scratched. What does that mean? So if I commit a new sin, I should be punished. Why is the Almighty and Lord is giving me a new blessing? Because then, what happens? You become deluded. And you become even more aggressive in sin. And then what happens? The punishment comes. So how many people are actually duped into that deluded state? I think everything is going sweet. God loves me. And then you respond by saying, but brother, you know, God forbid, but you've got so many sins in your life. And he goes, yeah, but he goes, look at my state. I'm in a state of goodness. I'm in peace. Nothing's happening to me. Everybody's healthy. I've got money. And then you respond. There's the delusion. You think that because you are apparently in a good state, that you are in a good state. What if all the sins you're committing, Allah Ta'ala is giving you these blessings to put you into that deluded state. So not again. It's our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you sin, He actually gives you more. But that more isn't out of happiness. So for instance, when the companions were blessed with children, that was a blessing. When we're given children, is it a blessing? You know, a person goes, well, yeah. Is it? Is it really a blessing? You know, are you leading sinless lives? And he goes, no. Because you consider yourself to be committing many sins. Yes. And how do you know it's a blessing? And how many people regret having children? That was the punishment. Right? Allah Ta'ala gave it to them. So this is why it's so important to remember what the Salaf said. That you can honor yourself with nothing greater than obedience. And you can humiliate yourself with nothing greater than disobedience. This is the believer. This is his mindset. So think about that. That's how relationship with sins. It's not just disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When one gives up something for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he always replaces it with something better even in this world. So now giving up sins is not easy because the nafs like sins. If you say to any brother or sister, do a good deed, or take a sin out of your life. He will always prefer the good deed. Because it's easier. So for instance, if you say to a person, Brother, do some zikr. Or, stop, stop swearing. This becomes a... Why? Because it's easy to do good than to keep away from sin. So how or what is the incentive 
of taking out sins. Mm. One is I've already mentioned. Mm. Right? You're humiliating yourself by sinning. Mm. But here another thing is mentioned. If you give up something for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, you haven't really given up anything. Allah Ta'ala is going to give you something better. So for instance, put it in worldly terms. If you invest £10 and somebody goes, if you give me £10, I'll invest it, I'll give it, you'll get £20 back. Wouldn't you be a fool not to invest? If you say, no, 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 I'll, I'm happy with my £10, thank you very much. The response is, that is when a person persists in his sins. He goes, no, no, I'll continue and uh, thank you very much. So how do we know you get something better in the world? So there's a very interesting report. The hadith is in Behaki in Shu'ab al-Iman, 5-35. Once Sufyan ibn Uyayna, Taba Tabi'in, Fudayl ibn Iyad, Tabi'in, and Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak, Taba Tabi'in, so all from the Salaf, Rahim Allah, they gathered together. Sufyan ibn Uyayna thereupon said, Rahmatullah alayhi, let us arise and go to Abdullah ibn Marzuk, Rahmatullah. So normally about the names. You don't have to memorize the names. So all you got to realize, three of the Salaf from the great generations, they said, let us go and see another great personality called Abdullah ibn Marzuk. So they went. Upon arrival, they entered. <coughs> they found him in a dwelling in which there was nothing to screen him from the pebbles. I, he was sleeping on the ground. His aura was barely covered by a cloth and his head was resting on a slightly elevated spot where he used to play. So you got the image. They're going to see this righteous man and he looks like a destitute. <laughs> barely close to cover his aura. He's sleeping on the floor and he hasn't even got a pillow. It's just kind of a mound that he's resting his head on. So Sufyan ibn Uyayna said to him, O Muhammad, rahmatullahi, it has been conveyed to me that no one gives up anything of the world except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replaces it for him with something better. Thus you have given up much from the world. So what has Allah given you in return? Have you understood? So they thought, he's got nothing. <laughs> but they go, the hadith is true. Because the Prophet said it. So they thought, we missed something here. If Allah has promised something better, and a person not just given up one thing, this man had given up so much. So he goes, you've given up the world. He goes, I don't understand. So he goes, could you explain? Abdullah ibn Marzuk he said being content with what you see <laughs> in other words he goes you don't realize how happy I am that I've got nothing so he was on another level you understand naturally you see a person you know we're gonna I'll think the same straight away the poor guy is you know living like a life of a complete pope <laughs> Why are you feeling pity for them? The person goes, well, you must be stone-hearted if you don't feel pity. He goes, nothing. He goes, go and ask him how he feels. He goes, we don't need to ask him. Go, go and ask him. He goes, Sheikh, how do you feel? Fantastic. I'm on cloud nine, right? And then you think, hey, 
Is he happy? How or why is he happy? He goes, Allah Ta'ala has given me that gift because I've given up the world. That's why we can't be like that. If somebody says to you, would you want to be that person? No. Because I, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be content. I haven't got that gift. So he goes, there you go. And why is contentment the ultimate gift? People go, what's the ultimate gift? The ultimate gift is content, contentment. The Prophet said, Imam Suyuti in his Jamiya Sahir, contentment is a wealth that can never be exhausted. Contentment is a wealth that can never be exhausted. So imagine you've got endless treasures. How happy are you going to be? So imagine you've got endless treasures. Somebody goes, Brother, give something towards Palestine. Take what you want. Because why you say take what you want? I've got endless treasures. How happy is that person going to be who's got endless treasures? Because that's contentment. That's a person with contentment. You can't make, you can't get anybody more happier than that person. The Prophet said it. I want it. <laughs> he goes, oh, now there's a problem. What have you given to receive that? Then the guy starts catching his head. What do you mean? What have I given? Do I do it through? Is it a bargain? Do I do a business transaction? Yeah, you do. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to sacrifice to give. If you've given Jack, you're going to get Jack. Now look how interesting this is. What did I mention at the beginning of the talk? If you sin, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? He gives you. But is that giving a blessing? No. So he gives whether you are pious or not pious. He gives, but one giving is destruction. The other is pleasure. Think about that. So just because a person's God doesn't mean that Allah loves him. This is the key point. And even the sinful, what do they say to the righteous? They go, you're only jealous. That's why you're talking like this. Because you haven't got what I've got. Look how far he's off the mark. Right? You look how far he's off the mark. You say, you're right, but you're actually wrong. First of all, how do you know I'm pious? That's the first thing. Secondly, you say, do you think that by giving, Allah loves you? He goes, yeah. Where does it mention that? Allah says in Surah Mu'minun, do they think that by giving them wealth and sons, I am hastening for them good? Nay, they do not understand. What are the two most precious things that people, you know, envy? Children and wealth. Always the case. If somebody says, I know a person who's got 10 sons, see the guy's eyes. <sighs> 10 sons, brother. Yeah, you got 10. Full football team, right? And they go, all right. And he's a millionaire. Next minute, the guy's drooling in his mouth. And then you go, why are you getting, why are you drooling, brother? Right? And he goes, oh, you should be drooling, should you? He goes, no. Allah goes, do you think I'm giving them good by giving them this? The Quran is telling you. What does Allah mean by that? Go back to what I've mentioned. Allah goes, you, don't, you need to know how I deal with my servants. If you don't know how I'm dealing with you, you don't even realize you're in trouble. He gives, but well, that's a punishment. It's not good. This man's got nothing. He's over the moon because he knows that Allah shown kindness to him. I've got contentment. Right? And the, and the biggest liars are those who live those lives. Whitest teeth, tan faces, darkest hair. Apparently, outwardly, they look like they're the happiest people on earth. 
But when you actually look into their lives, what do you realize? They can't function without drugs. Johnny Depp, right? Hafizullah, right? Mashallah, right? Do you see the court case? You're thinking, look at these people, how they're living. And yeah, on the countless people, walk, they're very handsome, got a beautiful life. And then you look at the way he lives, you're thinking, oh my God, why? Because he has no contentment. Then you see people who are really poor. You feel pity for them. What you feel pity for them for? You know, they give you, you know, you know, to coordinate when they see him, you know, mashallah. So now, the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions many of his names. One of his names, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is Ash-Shakur. Ash-Shakur. So that translates as the all-thankful. The all-thankful. This is mentioned in three places in the Quran. In Surah 14, verse 5, Surah 35, verse 30, and Surah 64, verse 17. So the fact that is mentioned in three places indicates there's something very significant about this holy name, Ash-Shakur. It's also one of the holy names mentioned in the famous hadith in Tirmidhi, out of the 99 names. So in Tirmidhi, number 3507, it's mentioned in that list, Ash-Shakur, the all-thankful. So now you ask a person, what does that glorious name mean? The all-thankful. So Hafiz ibn al-Qayyim al-Jawziyya, he explained in his work, The Way to Patience and Gratitude, page 501 of the English translation. So he said, quoting, an example of his thankfulness, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is that he forgave the prostitute who gave water to the dog that was about to die of thirst. Recorded in Sayyid Bukhari. Famous hadith. So, a prostitute, so, no, you don't need to know what she was doing. Why was she thirsty? Obviously, you can add one and one is two. She's thirsty, so what has she been doing? She's been selling her body. She goes to a well. She's about to take some water. She sees a dog panting. So, she gives some water to the dog. The Prophet said, Allah Ta'ala forgave Sayyid Bukhari. Then he said, Hafiz ibn Qayyim, he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, also forgave a disobedient man because he removed a branch of thorns from the path of the Muslims. In Sayyid Muslim, the man was walking, he moved uh, some branches out of the way, Allah Ta'ala forgave him for that. Then the Shaykh explained, Note, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is thankful to the servant because of the good he does for his own benefit. Whilst the servant is thankful to those who do good to him. There's the difference. If somebody goes, I'm thankful. And he goes, what does that mean? It means somebody's done good to you and you're thankful. He goes, that's correct. Allah ta'ala is thankful. Next minute, he blows a fuse. Yeah, he's a shakur. He's all thankful. So who's he thanking? You can't do good to him because he's the source of all good. So he's a shakur. So what does he mean? Hafiz ibn Qayyim said, Allah Ta'ala is a shakur. Why? Because the servant has done good for his own benefit. So Allah Ta'ala showing his love he 
honors and rewards him for doing benefit to himself. But the servant is thankful to those who do good to him. Then the Sheikh said, It is also interesting to note, it is he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, who provides the servant with the means which then enables him to do good and then rewards him to such an extent that it is much greater in comparison with his humble act. Those who is more worthy of the name Ash-Shakur, the all-thankful, than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, glory be to him, that Hafiz ibn Qayyim. So there's the problem. People going on Aqidah courses, they don't even know the names of Allah. What Aqidah course is this, brother? Right? You end up when even more confused. Brother, I don't know what's happening. Where did you go? Aqidah course, yeah. <laughs> right? So when you just learn what Allah Ta'ala has told you about himself, he's given himself names. So doesn't it just, you know, you know, your curiosity arises, what does that mean? He's the all thankful. You know, just straight away, just, I don't get that, what does that mean? I understand it for the creation, that they're thankful. What do you mean Allah Ta'ala? Who's he thankful to? Nobody can benefit him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it forces you to think. You've gone the wrong way. When you benefit yourself, Allah Ta'ala is the all thankful. He is thankful that you have learned how to help yourself. And he rewards you most handsomely. Like the prostitute and the one who removed the thorns. So what does that tell you? Ash-Shakur, one of his great names. Shukr, gratitude. The Prophet said, half of Iman is shukr, half is patience. Imam Suyuti in his Jami as-Sagheer. What's interesting, what's one of the other names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He's As-Sabur. He is the all-patient. <laughs> so what's fascinating, you got these traits that we know, but they've also been ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's nobody more patient, the Prophet وسلم, than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People ascribe a sun to him, and he still gives them blessings. This is in Sayyid Bukhari. Think about that. Can anybody be more patient than that? You've lied about him. Like the Christians, Hallelujah, Jesus is the Son of God, Hallelujah, they have an onion juice in morning. Right? Who will give them the onion juice? Jesus, right? Astaghfirullah. Right? Allah subhanahu wa Why? Because there's nobody more patient than him. The Prophet said it. Gives them children, gives them health, gives them wealth, gives them izzat. They're committing shirk. Why? Because he is as-sabur. The Prophet told you. There's nobody more patient than him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is how your iman increases. What's the first article of Iman? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amantu billahi wa rasuli wa kutubi. You should know this, otherwise I don't know what's happening, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why is that the first article of Iman? If it's just kalima, right? It means you got, Allah ta'ala is telling you something. He goes, learn about me. Your Iman will increase. So what am I discussing now for the last 25 minutes? That very being, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you learn, you notice it affects your iman. You're thinking, I need to know more about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is related in the hadith. A man was once seen carrying his mother around the Kaaba whilst performing tawaf. He approached Abdullah ibn Umar and said, O son of Umar, 
I have carried my mother more than she's carried me. Have I paid her back? He answered, No, not even one breath or kick whilst you were in her womb. This is in Behaki Ibn al Mubarak, Bukhari's Al-Dabal Mufrad, number 11, with a Sayyid general transmission. So, what has this got to do with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I'm going to get to it. So, this man is carrying his mother, he's doing Hajj or Umrah, possibly. His mother was obviously crippled. And he's actually working out the time. So, how long did she carry him? Nine months, let's say. So, he's thought, I've definitely carried her. My mother more than nine months. So he sees Umar's son and he says to Umar's son, he says, I've carried her more than she's carried me. Meaning, I must have paid her back. So he answered, not even one kick. In other words, what are you talking about? How is this linked? If one cannot thank one's own mother enough, then what about our majestic, magnificent, mighty, supremely merciful, loving Lord? I've done enough shukr, brother. Have you? MashaAllah. Right? How did you do it? He goes, well, because you don't know what zikr I'm doing. I've done some immense zikr, right? You can't even pay your mother back your fruit cake. What are you talking about? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. Oh, yeah, that's why the hadith is there. In other words, you can't pay him back. You can't thank him enough. If you can't thank him enough, how does he respond to that? With anger? No. He's ashakur. You do a little bit, I'll give you more than you deserve. Give water to a dog, I'll forgive you. Move that branch, I'll forgive you. Everything about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a jeep. And yet, here's us in it. I've done enough with it. Don't know what. Such is the unparalleled intense love of our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala for us that despite the fact we cannot ever thank him enough he still says in the Quran in Surah Ali Imran Surah 3 verse 144 translation Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will swiftly reward those who serve him with gratitude subhanallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will swiftly reward those who serve him with gratitude. So, how does this fit into what we've said? We can't thank him enough. That's a fight. So, if we can't thank him enough, we don't deserve anything. That's, that's true. But what does the Quran say? He swiftly rewards those who serve him with gratitude. So what's one of the most excellent means to worship? Shukr. Allah Ta'ala has told you, Shukr. When you do Shukr, because I will swiftly reward you. Swiftly. Because this is something that you need to know. And this is why, what does Allah Ta'ala mention about Shaitan? What does Shaitan say as a challenge to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? Yes, for respite. The dead rest. Then he, he mentions his threat. Then he says, You'll find most of them grateful. There you go. Mm. Shaitan gave his game plan. He goes, You will find most of them ungrateful. ungrateful. Meaning, Allah Ta'ala has told you, 
Because I'm telling you that the quickest way I will reward you is if you remember, you do shukr, you show gratitude. Shaitan says you will find most of them ungrateful, meaning they don't know. This is something you know that you know, they will not look at. The more important things they've been discussing and learning, not gratitude. Right? And this is why, so, and that's why there's another verse in Surah Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wasalam. Where Allah Ta'ala says, if you show gratitude, I will give you more. <laughs> Swiftly reward, I will give you more. <laughs> but do we do shukr? <laughs> the love of the Almighty and Glorious Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala first is that Thawban radiyallahu relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi Never is a person afflicted with a calamity unless it is due to two reasons. Either because of a sin which will not be forgiven except by the calamity or because of a certain status which he could never attain except through the calamity. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, Hassan, half his Munzini in his Tabheeb, half his Zahbi in his Kabail in the chapter on adversity. So look how amazing this is. How many times have you been afflicted <laughs> from a small trip to a major strike? <laughs> So a person goes, what does Islam say about that? <laughs> so he goes, okay, let's apply it, brother. Who's been afflicted with a severe affliction now? Severely tested in the world now? The people of Gaza. So he goes, what does Islam say about that? I'll tell you. Our Prophet said, Allah Ta'ala afflicts due to two reasons. He's talking about the Muslims. Either because of a sin that cannot be forgiven except by the strike. So that's the one reason why they were afflicted. And people even say this because oh, they weren't very strong in their salat and maybe they were a bit weak, they were going further away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. So Allah ta'ala intervened. He's intervened. How's he intervened? He struck them. So they're forgiven now. He goes, subhanallah. Or... Because of a status they cannot acquire except through the strike. So Allah Ta'ala, another way to look at it. They're all going to Firdos. But they're working towards it like a snail. How are they going to get to Firdos? So Allah Ta'ala goes, don't worry. I'll sort it out. So do we look at the lens of the world as the unbelievers? No. Well, guess what? We are. Because we've left the deed. Oh, those poor Muslims. Oh, yeah, obviously you feel pretty for them. But really, if you think about it, they're going, inshallah, straight to build the highest grades. Alhamdulillah. Shaykh Hamza Yusuf al-Maliki goes, worry about the living, not the dead. He goes, Allah, Allah chose them. So that's on a grand scale. On a lower scale, apply it to yourself. Maybe this illness that you've got, that's troubling you, you can't get rid of it, is because of this reason. You know, you can't get rid of a sin. So Allah goes, I'm not going to abandon him. I'm going to forgive him. Or, you're going to you know, scrape into the lower levels. Allah goes, no, he's not scraping in. I'm going to give him rocket thrusters. <laughs> What's the rocket thrusters? I the strike. Now people say, you know, brother, talk to me about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh, brother, can I talk about someone else? What do you want to talk about? Class of oranges in Brazil, right? You know, 
And all, if you talk about it, your iman starts increasing. Because you realize how Allah is showing his love and affection towards you. And this is the first port of call. Meaning that Rasulullah, this is what he taught the companions in the earliest of days. There was no commands. So what was he talking about? Nice weather. How's your father? Right? You know, what was he talking about? He's talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a person goes, that's straightforward. La ilaha illallah. Right? He goes, no, it's not straightforward. That's just a statement. Do you know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is? Do you know how he interacts with his servants? Yeah. How? Tell me. That's our stuttering bubble. Right? He doesn't even know. Astaghfirullah. So all I mentioned today was discussing the important subject of our relationship with Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And note, there's actually a passage in the Bible and it seems to be true. Allah ta'ala knows best. And he says in the Bible, the Lord works in mysterious ways. So we can't say with certainty, but if you look at how he interacts with his servants, subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is mysterious. <laughs> but once you know, he's no longer a mystery. Subhanallah. Are there any questions? Subhanallah <laughs>